There is beyond the azure blue a God from
church family. I'd like to welcome you to our online service this morning. We're glad you're here. We're so looking forward to the time when we can be together again. Tentatively, we set a date of July the 5th for that, but details are being worked out as to seating charts and ways in and ways out and all those things that are involved with reopening. But we're glad you're here today. If you'll bow with me, we'll have a prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day and we thank you for this opportunity to worship. We're so thankful for the country we live in and we're thankful for the freedoms we enjoy. At this time, we ask your blessings on each family at Heritage especially. We thank you for our safety and we thank you for our health. And we continue that we'll continue to be healthy. Dear Father, we ask you right now to be with our president, be with our governors, be with our mayors, and be with all those people involved with leadership and we ask your blessings on our country. We ask you to bless it, to bless all those people making decisions. Help them to make those that are best. And just, just bless all those people that need your blessings, especially at this time. We ask you to be with us through this service. Be with us through our lives. And dear Lord, please forgive us when we do those things we shouldn't. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, church. I'll be reading from Psalm chapter 8, verses 1 through 9. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds, and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea, and all that swim the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Hallelujah, praise Jehovah, from the heavens praise his name, praise Jehovah.
Jesus, you're my firm foundation. together today, Jim Nix and his welcome from the eldership told us how wonderful it's going to be on July 5th. That's going to be our first worship service back here at the Heritage Church building. We are looking forward to that day and more details will be forthcoming. This afternoon at five o'clock, if you will, get on your computers, get on the internet to our website, and you can follow along as we study Revelation apocalypse. And then on Wednesday evening, we have four teachers that are taking terms, turns teaching 1 Corinthians. That will begin this coming Wednesday evening. I believe it's June the 10th at 7 p.m. So five o'clock this afternoon on the internet at our website, heritagecoc.org. And then on Wednesday evening, June 10th, 1 Corinthians, again, from our webpage, you can Tune in at that place. Today, the sermon, and let me just go ahead and give you the title, The Children Need Proof for God. I've always wanted to preach a sermon about which individuals that are quite young, children can say, what proof do I have that God exists? I'm thinking of high school students of junior high, uh, even elementary school children. As you think about what's happened over the last three months, you might think that we've seen the very worst things just all put together, balled up over the last three months. But even though we've had a pandemic disease in every state, even though our, uh, our nation has been crippled uh, in one way or another, economic collapse uh, in some places, and riots in the streets, people getting killed, these are very difficult times for us, but you know what? There's something that's much worse going on, 
and that is that many school-aged children in every grade of school are being led away from the God of heaven and earth. They are being tempted by atheism to turn their backs on God. So this morning's lesson is one that has been on my heart since I was in high school. I remember my freshman year in high school in Smyrna, Georgia. My favorite teacher was our chemistry teacher. He was a young guy. He was unattached. He drove a Corvette. He helped us do lots of, of science experiments. He was my favorite teacher up to that point of my education. But he was the man that first gave me doubt about the existence of God. And I remember it like it was yesterday. One day in class, right at the end, he said, now students, tomorrow, we're gonna to take time to talk about the origin of the universe. And sure enough, the first, the very next day, the first thing in class, he said, everybody take your seats. I wanna ask you a question. Today, we're gonna to learn about the origin of the universe. Who knows how the universe got here? Well, our smartest student, his name was Robbie, and he stood up, he said, the universe started out as a tiny, dense ball about the size of a period on a printed sheet of paper. It exploded and particles went flying out in all directions and eventually planets organized around their orbits around stars and that's where the universe came from. Most scientists believe that it happened between 8 and 20 billion years ago. Right, said our chemistry teacher. And I was sitting there thinking, wait a minute, I thought God made the world in six days, not eight to 20 billion years. And then the, t the chemistry teacher said, and how did human life get on our planet? Well, Elaine was the smartest girl in our class and she stood up and she started reading hundreds of millions of years ago in a chemical swamp on earth a single cell organism formed from non-living compounds. It genetically mutated and it evolved into a multicellular bacteria. The bacteria adapted and evolved through the mutations and natural selection and changed into different types of plants and animals. Right, said our teacher again all excited by these correct answers. Well, on the back row was a friend of mine. His name was Mike. He was a very smart boy and he rarely spoke, but when he did, he was always right. He said, that isn't what happened, either one of those. He said, God created the heavens and the earth and it only took him six days to do it. Mike's dad was a deacon down at Sandtown Road Baptist Church, a very fine family. Our teacher reached into his top desk drawer and he pulled out a dark, black, dusty book. And he opened to the very first pages and he read from Genesis the words that sounded so weird to our class. Back in those, those days, all we had was the King James Version. And the teacher said, the words in this book are very old and outdated. Very few smart people believe the Bible. Science has proved that the Bible teaches things that cannot be true. Folks, our message today is designed to prove with logic that faith in God is the only, the, 
have faith in God as the creator is the only logical conclusion that we can come to. You see, I was filled with doubt that day and all the church classes and all the preacher sermons that I had heard about Adam and Eve, about God creating the world in six days of creation. Those were all in doubt in my mind. And I have always kept one verse in my heart, even before those days. And I want you to look at this passage on the screen. First Thessalonians 5.21 says, Test all things, hold fast to that which is good. Parents, talk to your children. Grandparents, tell your grandchildren, here's why I believe in God. It's important for you to tell your kids about why you believe in God. Folks, this is the story of when I was exposed to atheism and evolution among the species in ninth grade. It was 1968. I remember that year. It was also a year of riots and protests. And the very next year in 1968, I started at a new high school and I was pretty good in math and I got to be friends with my math teacher. His name is Joe Collins. He has worshiped at the Heritage Church since I've been preaching and he reminded me of this story. He told me that evolution was a false teaching invented by atheists so that they would not fear God. That year, I joined the high school debate team. I learned how to speak, and I learned how to be reasonable. Every student in whatever school you attend, students, you need to ask your teachers who teach evolution two things. First of all, ask them, show me the evidence. Show me the missing fossils that show the evolution of animals. And then secondly, show me the argument, the premises with a valid conclusion that is proof that evolution from one species to another is true. Tell me how that happens. Where are the missing fossils that prove evolution? Today, our message is designed to give concrete evidence and logical reasoning about that evidence. We're going to establish in this lesson today the existence of the God of heaven who is the author of everything that is true. And let's begin, first of all, with what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that something came from something else. Atheism teaches that everything came from nothing. Folks, we know that something can only come from something, which means nothing comes from nothing. A few moments ago, John Nichols read from Psalm 8, beginning with verse 2. From the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Folks, the, heaven and the heavens and the earth, the seas, all speak of the glory of God's creation. God has created a universe that is so intricate and vast. It's cause and effect. We know that it was God. Only a God that exists forever could create these things. 
long ago a philosopher over in Greece said, God is the prime mover. I want you to imagine that you walk into a room and there's a table there, a pool table with lots of colorful balls, but some of these balls are moving back and forth and you look around and nobody's in the room. It's just you, you're standing there and you're thinking, why are those balls moving? How, how can I, what can I conclude about these balls that are going back and forth? And then finally you think, maybe these balls have always been moving, but nobody moved them. They moved by themselves. Or secondly, a conclusion, somebody was just in here and whoever that person was must still be nearby. That person rolled those balls and caused the, all, these, all this movement that I see. Or the third conclusion, when I opened the door, a gust of wind must have come in behind me and moved the balls, or maybe I vibrated the floor. Maybe I am the cause. Let me start with conclusion number three. Steve Blackman did not create this world. I did not move the balls. That's not my job. The conclusion number one is also ridiculous. It's ridiculous to think those balls have always been moving, they've always been around, and uh, they are still, and they will always be moving back and forth and back and forth. You know what? I choose conclusion number two. God is the only one who is himself moving, and ultimately he is primarily responsible for all the moving balls I reject the conclusion that matter has always existed. I reject the idea that matter created itself. I reject the notion that matter is indestructible and can self-create. I accept that God is the one who moves everything that is moving today. He himself was not moved. He moved before anything else. Have you ever watched children as they learn cause and effect? They play with balls and blocks. They try to stack those blocks. Then they try to stack the balls and somehow it just doesn't work out and they realize there's a difference there and they are learning, aren't they? And later on they trade in their balls and blocks for glove and bat and, and also some other balls. And they realize that you only get something from something else. It'd be ridiculous to say, so-and-so, it just happened. I was just standing here watching, and, and suddenly uh, that candy bar got eaten. I don't know how it happened. Well, of, of course you know how it happened. And so, first of all, we have this idea that God is the primary mover. He is the one that moved first and moved everything else. He created everything. The second thing I want us to think about is first to think about right and wrong. It's called morality. Folks, you and I know what right and wrong is. It's wrong to tell a lie. It's, it's wrong to take something that doesn't belong to you. It's right to tell the truth. That's morality. Where did morals come from? You can't see morality. Folks, the mor moral argument for God teaches that human beings are moral animals. Atheists like to say there is no such thing as real right and wrong. It's whatever is popular, whatever is tastiest to people. That's how they determine morality. That's false. 
You see, lions don't feel guilty when they chase down a gazelle and start eating that animal for food. Dogs feel no remorse for stealing another dog's bone. No female pig is sad for eating her newborn piglet. But let me tell you, a man who takes his knee and puts his knee on another man's neck until he stops breathing, that man is a killer. He's done wrong. And a teen feels remorse for, should feel remorse for stealing another teenager's cell phone. And a mother who ate her child, ladies, what would we do with that person? She would be banned for, from society forever, wouldn't she? Don't tell me that morality is just a matter of taste. Folks, the moral argument for the existence of God, that God is the author of right and wrong, it's written on the conscience of every person on the face of the earth. So first of all, the prime mover argument for the existence of God, everything came from something. The Bible records that God caused the universe. The Bible teaches that God existed before the earth. In Acts 17, verses 24 and following, Paul, the one opportunity that he had to speak to the most intelligent, wisest people in Athens, Greece, here's what he said. God made the world and everything in it. He's the Lord of heaven and earth, and he does not live in temples built by human hands. By the way, he was surrounded by all kinds of temples and statues called gods. He goes on and he says, he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, he created, he, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. Notice Paul's one opportunity, he said, Adam and Eve, that's a true story. God's creating the heavens and the earth. God telling people where they should live. God is in charge of all of that. In Exodus 20, verse 11, Moses wrote, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the seas and all that's in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. Folks, every material thing on this planet has a cause. Science is the study of matter. Matter is defined as molecules in motion. And that's the definition. Molecules, we see the those molecules are round little things and within them are atoms inside the molecule. <clears throat> Have you noticed that this earth that we live on, it's a ball. And then look at the moon, it's round, it's also a ball. And the sun, it looks round, it's a ball. Folks, God is the prime mover. He created these things for us and for a reason. A week ago yesterday, Saturday a week ago, SpaceX Dragon spaceship shot into outer space. It was, ama it was amazing as those astronauts were blasted on their rocket and made it all the way in 19 hours to the International Space Station. 
Folks, this explosion of that rocket was not an uncontrolled explosion. Folks, explosions don't cause creation. Humans don't come from non-living matter. People had to plan that space journey so that those astronauts could reach their goal in space. I bought, just for this occasion, the Lego company put out this particular spaceship and I made this in honor of our astronauts. And I want you to take a look at it. The, this particular spaceship can be put together and I have all the pieces here. What I would like to do is try what evolution teaches. I'm gonna to try to put this spaceship together right now. I'm just gonna put it all together with a huge explosion. Do you see a spaceship here? I don't either. You see, nothing can be made from the chaotic ooze of, of just matter. Matter existing is not enough. Folks, the world is not a series of accidents. Vertical evolution among species is a false teaching. Children, as you listen to this lesson today, I want you to ask yourself the question, what kind of a person am I going to be? What am I going to believe in about this world? Children, ask your parents. Talk to your grandparents. Why do you believe in God? And this is the third and final proof. Some of the most loving people in your life, they love, believe in, serve the true and living God. Sit down and talk to your mother about how when you were born and the joy of the, of the wonderful life that you have that came from her. Talk to your father and say, Dad, do you believe in God? And why? Why do you believe in God? Parents, listen to Psalm 89, verse 1. I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever with my mouth. I will make it known, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. Children, your parents, your grandparents, the people that love you the most, they're Christians, aren't they? Look at what they're living for. Look at what their lives are all about. They want to be in heaven when this life is over. This past week, we got to see a sobering look at the world when there is no right and there is no wrong, when everybody gets to do whatever they want to. How did it look to you? It's sort of scary, isn't it? When people just say, I'm going to do whatever I like. I'm going to burn whatever I want to burn. Mayhem in the streets. That's where we're heading because we live in a society that is built on the theory of the survival of the strongest. That if you're brute enough, that if you're big enough, that if you're mean and rough and tough enough, that you're gonna have everything and the weak people are just going to, they're just gonna have to live with it. Meanwhile, what happens when we depend on accidents? when we depend on having our own way. Last week, our nation had violence in the street. You know what the greatest proof of God is? And that is after, of course, talking to your parents and your grandparents, is the life of Jesus Christ. He laid down his life for you and me. 
He boldly faced death. In John 15, I want to conclude with these words of Christ. He said, this is my commandment, that you should love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Let's continue our worship and song. Jesus, name above
Lord's Supper, I'll be reading from 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. Therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. If you will, bow and pray with me for the bread. Dear Lord, thank you for this day, and thank you for all the things you've done for us. Thank you for letting us worship you, however it may be. Most importantly, dear Lord, thank you for your sacrifice, and thank you for Jesus. Please, may we take this bread in a way that is acceptable to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, if you would, please uh, bow and pray with me for the cup. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Again, dear Lord, thank you for everything you've done for us. Thank you so much for your sacrifice, dear Lord, for Jesus. Please, again, may we take this in a way that pleases you, and may we remember your sacrifice. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name, Jesus, Lamb
Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. this week, so I wanted to um, go over a couple of verses that uh, end with the topic of uh, proof that God's real with our children and what some things that we can do. Um, a couple of things that uh, comes to mind um, that uh, let, let your children know that God is with you always, with, with your parents, with, with your children, that he's always there. Um, also, um, Psalms 119, 105, um, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Uh, you know, with just daily encouragement to let your kids know um, that that he's always here for us and that we always need to be a light for one another, show love and show kindness. Um, there's many other things that we can do. Those are just a couple of things that come to mind. Um, at this time, just want to say a prayer uh, for everything that's going on um, with the, you know, the virus, the pandemic, uh, the riots. So uh, if you would just take this time, we're going to say a prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you, we, we thank you for all of our many blessings. We, we thank you for keeping us safe during these times, uh, allowing us to at least see one another through video, Lord, um, that uh, we can stay communicated uh, with each other and still praise your name, Lord. I just pray that you'll just be with us uh, as we continue each day um, before we're able to gather again. I uh, pray that you will be with all the sick. Uh, that you uh, put your healing hands upon those, our shut-ins, that uh, everyone is able to uh, make a phone call to let people know that we're thinking of them. And I pray that you'll just uh, be with uh, the families and the children, Lord, uh, throughout the, just the entire world with all the stuff that is going on. I pray all these things in your name. Amen. <laughs> 